to you about Jesus' sermon today in Matthew chapter number 5. So if you have your Bible, smartphones, dumb phones, iPads, grab it. Matthew chapter number 5. Watch this beginning with verse number 1. The Bible says, Now Jesus saw the crowds, and he went up on a mountainside, and he sat down. His disciples came to him, and, they be- and he began to teach them. This is Jesus' sermon. Watch this. This is Jesus' message to his disciples. He said, Blessed are the pure and poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse number 11, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. Y'all didn't hear that. Rejoice and be glad. Look, I believe when Jesus was probably teaching, they probably got a little shouting right there. You know, he said, guys, you guys can rejoice. You guys can be glad. Y'all looking a little down on me this morning. You can rejoice and you can be glad because all of this that I'm telling you about, your reward in heaven is yours for the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Blessed lives matter. You may be seated all over the house today. Thank you, praise team. So much. We certainly appreciate it today. Now, I like this because Jesus planned this sermon and he began telling his disciples how they could live a blessed life. He began showing them, look, if you want to be blessed, this is what you're going to have to do. If you want blessings to flow on you, if you want to walk in heavenly blessings while you guys are down here on earth, these are the things that I need for you to do. And for some reason, we call them the Beatitudes. I don't know why we call them the Beatitudes. They're really principles. They're, they're really, Jesus really had an eight-point sermon that day. And there were eight principles that Jesus was given to him. And if you notice, as, as I read those, if you notice, there's like two phrases to each one. In other words, it's almost like there's a condition to what Jesus was saying, then there's a result. Or, or there's a cause, if you would, and then there's an effect to what, what Jesus was saying. But what I want you to understand today is it was Jesus' words. Listen, I mean, I know a lot of us don't carry Bibles that have the letters marked in red, but if you looked up, this would be letters in red because this was Jesus' sermon. This was him sitting his guys down and saying, listen, this is what we're going to have to do if we're going to make it uh, in life. So I want you to get that. These words were spoken right out of the mouth of the Son of God. Listen, right out of the mouth of Jesus. And what he was trying to teach, watch this, he was trying to teach us how to receive retain and release the power of God in our lives. Come on, y'all need to hear that today. Do I have anybody in the house today that would like to find out how you can receive, how you can retain, and how you can release the power of God in your family, and in your home, in your marriages, in your kids? It's every aspect of your, every aspect of your lives. And so Jesus sat these guys down. He said, look, I'm not here to explain to you how to become a Christian, but I'm here to show you how to be one. Listen, I'm not here to tell you about uh, about how to accept me as your Savior. No, I'm here today to tell you how you need to act and react when things come your way. And I don't know about you, but we all could use a little help in how to how to react. So today I want to look more at Matthew chapter number 5. I could preach the whole thing, but when I preach this series, I preach the, 
an eight-week series on this, but I wanted to come, and the Lord led me to Matthew 5 and 9. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. They shall be called the children of God. Now listen, before you check out on me and think, oh, I'm a peacemaker. Ooh, I got this one in the bag. You better hold on just a minute. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, I don't, I don't make it quite that easy, and I don't think the word is quite that easy. But listen, before you think that you got it all down and you got it down pat and you could preach this sermon, just hang on just a few moments. Listen, because I believe we're living in a world that's begging for peace. Because I'm telling you, I believe we're living in a world. I'm not just talking about America. I'm talking about a world that is absolutely begging and searching, if you would, for peace. I believe that's why we've got all the confusion that we have going on. It's because people are trying to figure out peace and they don't fully understand. Don't understand peace. They don't fully have an understanding of, of what peace is all about. And it's interesting because we have peace conferences. We have peace treaties. We have peace marches. We have peace monuments. But guess what? We don't have, we don't have peace. We really and truly do not have peace. And I believe it's because we don't have a true understanding of, of peace. So if I surveyed you today, probably 100% of us would say, oh, I'm a peacemaker. But I want to submit to you today that by the time we get through this message today, you'll realize that maybe you didn't quite understand peace the way that you should. Maybe you don't truly understand what it is to have peace. Because see, look, watch this. Peace is not just the absence of trouble. Listen, peace is not just the absence of, of strife. See, some of you are just too tired to fight. <laughs> I mean, so it's, it's not really the absence of, of strife. And listen, some of your relationships have not healed, but you're just hunkering down and you're trying to wait until the next fight comes. Guess what? That's not peace. That's not an understanding of, of peace. Listen, your situation on your job has not fixed, but you're there because you need a paycheck. But guess what? That's not, that's not understanding the true definition of peace. So let's what peace is not. Peace is not avoiding. Listen, peace is not grinning and bearing it, just trying to make it. Listen, peace is not you building up a wall and you saying, you know what, I'll just keep to myself and if everybody just leave me alone, then we'll be fine. Guess what? Then you're not a peacemaker. You're a dodger. And you're hiding behind that wall and you say, well, if I just keep to myself, that's not, that's not peace. Watch, Jesus said, if you want to be blessed, watch this. Here's what I believe it is. Jesus says, if you want to be blessed, he's going to bless those that will intentionally create an atmosphere he said, you don't know who I'm going to bless? I'm going to bless those people that will intentionally create an atmosphere of peace. Listen, not bless those that just don't rock the boat. Not, not just bless those that are just going to run and, and hide. But watch this. I'm going to bless those that will intentionally create an atmosphere of peace. Those who make. Peacemakers. Watch that. It's those who make Y'all catching on good this morning, okay? Peacemakers, <laughs> that's the easy part, right? Those that make peace, those that go out of their way to create peace. Now listen, folks, our country needs peacemakers right now. <laughs> listen, I'm telling you, you can go all over the globe. I'm telling you, I, I, I believe we're embarking on something right now, and it's all because of peace. Listen, you go to China right now. we got issues with China. You know why? Because there's no peace. We, we've got issues right now with Russia. I mean, listen, you can go all over the globe and it's because we don't have any peace and what the world needs right now is peacemakers. But look, we can bring it all the way home because it's not just all over the world, it's right here in America. We've, we've got conflicts between each other. We've got conflict between the races. Listen, we've got conflict between religions. We've got conflict between political parties. Nobody wants to get along. we got conflicts between gender and sexual orientation. Come on, I'm just going to preach it while I'm here. Listen, and it's all because we don't have a true understanding of what peace 
Listen, I believe that we don't have an understanding of what peace really is. And we, listen, we got we got a problem with church folks. Half church folks can't get along. Now, we're pretty good here at free worship. We are. But I'm just saying in most churches, church folks just don't get along. And Jesus is teaching here. And said, so, guys, here's what I want you to understand. I'm going to bless those, watch this, who will be peaceful on purpose. Come on. I want to bless those that will be peaceful on purpose. In other words, peace doesn't just happen. You've got to be peaceful on purpose. Because here's the Every single one of us is going to have a reason every single day to get upset. <laughs> Listen, I don't care. I don't care if you go to work in the morning. There will be something that meets you at the door. Probably before you leave your house in the morning. Probably before you left your house this morning. Listen, there are things that will create a thing that will disrupt your peace. And so we all have that opportunity to get upset. We have the opportunity to get offended or, or to be worried or, or stressed. And the bottom line is because somebody's going to get on your nerves. Somebody's going to get on your nerves. We'll have auto in a minute. <laughs> Listen, because people are rude. Listen, people are disrespectful and they're hateful and they're nasty. And I'm talking about just people at church. <laughs> I ain't talking about at work yet. I'll get there in a minute. I mean, really? Somebody's waiting to disrupt your peace. Listen, you got to be peaceful on purpose. If you truly want peace in your life, in your home, in your marriage, with your kids, you got to be peaceful on purpose. Listen, because here's the deal. We're going to have issues. We're going to have storms. Jesus never said that we would not have storms. He never said that we would not have issues, that we would not have storms, but he did tell us we could have peace right in the midst of our storms. Listen, the boat can make it through the storm if you don't let the storm get in the boat. The, the problem happens is when the storm gets in the boat. You remember the disciples when they were out on the water? It, they were fine. They were fishermen. They were, they were used to waves. But all of a sudden, when that storm, read it in your Bible, when the storm began getting in the boat, they had the peacemaker laying in the boat asleep, and they went running down. Said, Jesus, do you not care that we perish, man? The storm, the storm's getting inside of the boat, and Jesus, you got to stand up and you got to do something. You know what he did? Jesus, all he did was he spoke one word. Watch this. Peace. He spoke peace to the storms. And guess what? The same peacemaker that was in that boat that day, when the water tried to come in on the inside of the boat, the same peacemaker is living on the inside of you and on the inside of me. And all we got to do is ask the peacemaker to rise up and speak peace to the storms that are in our life. Listen, newsflash, he did not say we would not have storms. Listen, I'm trying to get you to understand that day because a lot of times we begin having problems and we just think, oh, our world is falling apart. No, it's, it's supposed to happen that way. But you got to learn to have peace even in your storms. Listen, you will have storms. You're going to have troubles. You're going to have upsets. You're going to have letdowns. You're going to have mishaps. Jesus said it. He said, in this world, you're going to have troubles. But he said this, but you can be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He said, guess what? I can speak peace to the world. Listen, you just got to keep the storm from getting on the inside. And when it doesn't, that's why the Bible says greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You can speak to that storm. You can ask the peace speaker to rise up and speak in your storms. You're going to have troubles. You're going to have issues. I just feel like you got to get an understanding of that. And so what happens is peacemakers say, God, you know what? I trust you. Yeah, I got a storm right now, God, but I'm just going to trust you in this in this storm. Yeah, yeah, I got issues going on and life don't seem to be going the way that I wanted it to go at this point in my life. But guess what? I trust you. God, I don't understand the outcome of what I'm going through, but I trust you. Come on, somebody needs to go in and declare that right now. God, I don't know why, but I know who. God, I don't know how, but I know who. I trust you. I'm not going to let it boggle my mind. I'm not going to let it get me down and discouraged because I trust 
you. That is a peace. That is a peacemaker. Listen, you've got to understand this because peace is a weapon against the enemy. Listen, you've got to understand that. And that's why he wants to disrupt our peace so bad is because he knows that it is a weapon against him because the enemy loves chaos. He loves confusion. He, listen, he loves discombobulation. Listen, he loves it. He loves unstableness, which leads me to point number one. Listen, you've got to be peaceful on purpose. Listen, you've got to be peaceful on purpose. Watch this. Proverbs 12 and 20 says, Those who plan peace have joy. Come on, y'all need to hear that. Those who plan peace. That's what the Bible says. Another verse says those who promote peace, those that plan peace have joy, which tells me that peace is not natural. Listen, if you've got to plan something, that means it's not going to just happen. As a matter of fact, it's not going to be your first response. Let's just be honest, okay? Because when we get attacked, our first response is to attack back. Listen, when somebody comes against us, the first thing we want to do is we want to get back. We want to disrupt them, but you got to plan you got to plot, and you got to strategize for peace. Watch that. Those who plan peace have joy. So in other words, if you're planning peace, that means you got to think before you text. Listen, you, you, somebody said we need the auto call right now. Listen, you got to think before you post your words. you got to think. Listen, you got, you got to plan before you open your mouth. Come on, somebody. Listen, because your words and our posts and our actions, they're either going to cause peace or they're going to cause trouble. Come on, they're either going to cause peace or they're going to cause trouble. But watch what the writer of Hebrews says. The Hebrews uh, 12 and 14 says, Make every effort to live in, help me, to live in peace with everyone. You know what that tells me? It takes effort. Listen, no wonder Jesus said, Here's the ones I'm going to bless. I'm going to bless those who take the effort to promote peace. I'm going to bless those who, who actually take the effort to be peacemakers. He knew that it took effort. So number one, you got to be peaceful on purpose. Listen, not to mention it's a characteristic of Christ. You do call yourself a Christian, right? Well, guess what? A characteristic of Christ is to be peaceful. It goes even deeper than that. It's not just a characteristic of Christ. It's a name of God. Uh-huh, y'all forgot about that? You remember when Gideon was down in the wine press and he was threshing feet, wheat? Watch this. He took wheat from the outside and he took it inside to press it, which did not make no sense. You know why he did it? Because he didn't have a peace. Listen, he didn't have a peace about being outside and he was scared and he was on the inside. And all of a sudden the Bible says that the angel of the Lord showed up to him and said, you are a mighty man of valor. In other words, man, you don't even realize how good you got at Gideon. And Gideon like, man, you must be at the wrong cave. You must be talking to the wrong person. No, no, no. You are a mighty man of God. And when God, oh, when Gideon allowed God to speak into his life, when Gideon allowed God to give him a peace that nobody else could give him, he said, I declare you are Jehovah Shalom. You are the God. Watch this. You are the God of peace. He said, because you've given me a peace that passes all understanding. You've given me a peace that, that I didn't have until you showed up and you spoke that peace into my life until Gideon allowed the Lord to call on him and to speak into his life. He could not call him Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. But listen, it takes effort. <laughs> listen, hello, right here from the pulpit. It takes effort to, to have peace. Listen, because watch this. You'll never be a peacemaker until you're a peacetaker. Now, I want you to see this. I want you to understand. In other words, you cannot give out something you don't have. You, you, cannot, you cannot give out something. You cannot pass out something that you do not possess. You ever notice that conflict follows people? You're like, man, them people just always got a mess going on. Them people, 
Y'all just look straight forward. Nobody think I'm talking about you. Listen, those people always got something going to watch this because what is in you will spill out of you when life bumps into you. Come on, listen, what is in you is going to spill out of you whenever life bumps into you. So in other words, what I'm trying to teach you today is what's upsetting you really ain't what's upsetting you. It's not. There's there's something deeper. Look to your neighbor and tell them there's something deeper. Listen, there's something messing with your peace, and what what you're saying is messing with your peace probably really isn't what's messing with your peace because it's really and normally is something much deeper. It's something that you've not. It's something that you've not dealt with. There's something that's causing an issue that you haven't dealt with. And and and, and listen, that that you claiming is rocking your boat ain't really what's rocking your boat. I'm trying to figure out how to say it so y'all can just pick up what I'm laying down. Y'all looking a little down on me today. I'm just saying, it's deeper. Look to your neighbor time. It's much deeper. Go tell you It's much deeper. It's much deeper. Listen, I'm telling you, it's much deeper than the issue that, that is on the surface. Listen, watch this. If your peace of mind can be disrupted by the drop of a pen, it was not the dropping of the pen that disrupted Joel. It's not. It's something... It's something much deeper. Look at your neighbor and tell them it's something much deeper. I'm make y'all help me with discernment today. Listen, your kids being your kids did not cause you to flip out. There's something much deeper going on. Listen, that waitress being slow is not what got you all discombobulated. Nah, there's something much deeper going on in your life. And James has an interesting take on it. James says in James 3, who, uh, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by the deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy, selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Now watch this. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. You know what I think James is saying? James is saying there's something deeper going on. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not what you see on the surface. James said, man, there's something much deeper going on in your life. But watch verse 17. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. Watch this. Peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Watch this. Peacemakers, verse number 18. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Ah, did y'all hear that? It sounds just like, I believe he must have read the Proverbs where it says those that plan peace, those that plan peace will reap in joy. He says, look, if you'll sow peace, then you're going to reap right. I don't know about you. I love the principle of reaping and sowing. I do. I know I touched on it a little bit last week, but it's an amazing concept because it benefits us so greatly. And I'm, I'm, I don't think everybody truly gets it, but have you ever noticed it? Don't take a whole lot to give God to get so much back from him. You ever notice that? It don't take a whole lot. Listen, God doesn't require a whole lot to get a whole lot back from Him. And that's the law and that's the principle, if you will, of, of sowing and, and reaping. It, it doesn't take, it doesn't take much. As a matter of fact, I thought about this. You can have these corn seed, Mr. John. Look at, look at this little teeny kernel. By the way, this is a pack of seed. Corn seed. Look at that. All it takes is one little kernel put in the ground and just watch. Somebody done text me and said, I called a corn. <laughs> look, 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 look. But here's the thing. That one kernel would create this whole basket, if not more than that. Look at all those kernels. And all God took was one 
Are, are y'all picking up what I'm laying down? Let me come up close, y'all. Say, do y'all see? God, that corn looks good, Terry. You're going to cook this for lunch. Y'all, y'all see that? Well, he's shucking the corn now. Soak it later. One, one little kernel. That's God's principle of sowing and, and reaping. Now listen, you got to open up all of these to even get a, a, a little inkling of what that one little kernel would do. But I just want you to see all the kernels that are on this corn that came from one little teeny seed that was trusted and put in the ground. And I think what God's trying to tell us today when we're talking about peace, if you'll just sow just a little teeny kindness, God says, I can heap a whole lot more kindness on you. If you can sow just a little bit of love, guess what? I got all kind of love that's going to come back on you. That is the principle of sowing and reaping. Y'all thought I was going to talk about money. God says, listen, it can be in anything. He says, if you'll sow peace, guess what? Then you're going to reap righteousness. You're going to reap, you know what that means? It means you're going to reap a right living. You're going to reap a life that's right, that's righteous, that's a right living. And the Bible says those that plan peace will have joy. I'm going to say it like this. Those that will plant peace woo, will reap, that's what the Bible says, will reap joy, will reap joy. And all you got to do is put a little in and expect. But here's what you got to understand about sowing and reaping too now. I can't put this kernel of corn in the ground and think I'm going to have a tomato. That's the way we be doing. Your hateful self. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's what we be doing. We think we're going to plant one thing and get another, but that's not the way that it works. Because, see, what you put in the ground, the Bible says give. And let's just look at it from, in sowing and reaping of, of, of peace. Give and it shall be given unto you. A good measure pressed down. He, he says, listen, I, you don't know how many ears I got. He, a good measure pressed down and run with the same measure that you give. I will have men give. I have men do what? I have men give it back. I have men give it back to you. In other words, with the same thing that you give, I'm going to give it back. Did you hear that in the scripture today? So you cannot plant a seed of corn and think you're going to get tomatoes. You cannot plant a seed of corn and think that you're going to get cucumbers. No, guess what? You cannot plant your hateful attitude and think you're going to get love back. No, no, no. You got to be sure and plant love to get love. You got to be sure and plant kindness if you want to reap kind. That's good preaching, Pastor. Yeah, I'm just saying it is. It's the word and it is the Bible. We got to get an understanding that you will reap what you sow. So I could take this scripture in James, and I believe I could sum it all up. Watch this. I could sum it all up into this. Watch this. What James was saying, because James said it, and he says, man, you got to be careful and peacemaker to sow in peace. We'll reap a harvest of righteousness. I can take all that scripture that I just read. You. Watch this. Here, here's what I put it down to. Unresolved conflict causes peacemakers to be troublemakers. Yeah, I'm going to take the whole scripture that, that James just gave us. And so today we probably need to look at how to resolve conflict. Because I want to take a look at that just today. In other words, I'm going to show you some steps on how to fix what's really bothering you. Ooh, come on, Pastor, that's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you some things, some steps of, of helping you. Watch this. I'm going to give you some stuff that what's really bothering you to help you have steps of making peace. How do, we, how do we make peace? Let me give you number one. Watch this. Number one, make the first move. Mm-mm, Pastor, you don't know what it did to me. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. I felt that in my spirit. <laughs> hold on. No, make the first move. Listen, don't wait on anybody else. It does not matter if they were right or wrong. It don't matter what they said last. You make the first move. It does not matter. You make the first move. Listen, and you'll be blessed. God says, guess what? I'm going to bless those who make peace. I'm going to bless those who intentionally go out of their way to create 
peace. That's, that's what the Bible says. That's what he's preaching in Matthew chapter number five. So in other words, you got to go out of your way. See, I've been building up to that this this whole time. You got to go out of the way. And the way I want to tell you is you have got to make the first See, watch this. You can come to church and, man, you can get your praise on. You can shout the loudest and pray the longest. But guess what? If you're tripping with somebody, let me help the old folks. That means if you got trouble with somebody, you got issues with somebody, guess what? All that churchiness is to no avail. Listen, I mean, if you can't do it, watch what the Bible says. Y'all want scripture? I'll give you scripture. Matthew 5, still in James, uh, Matthew 5, still where Jesus was preaching. This is how I want you to conduct yourselves in these matters. If you enter your place of worship and about to bring an offering, you suddenly remember a grudge a friend has against you, abandon your offering, leave immediately, go to the friend and make things right. You know what, you know what Matthew was saying? He said, you got to make the first move. you got to make things right. Then and only then can you come back and work things out with God. God says, for you try to plant that seed, you better make sure that you have things right with your brother. And I really believe people don't realize how unresolved conflict hinders our relationship with God. God says, listen, we can't even deal together until you fix what you got going on with man. That's why we got to talk about unresolved conflicts. God said, I want you right with man before you even worry about getting right with me. That's how much God cares about peace in our life. I want you right with man. Watch what the Bible says. How are you going to say that you love God whom you have not seen? Watch this. But yet you got issues with man whom you have seen? Listen, I'm going to say it again. You got to make the first move. Come on, I'm going to say it three times because somebody didn't pick it down the first two times. You got to make the first move. Do not wait on them. Don't matter if they were right. Don't matter if you was right. Don't matter if they were You make the right. In other words, you clean up your junk so you can be right before God. Listen, and if they don't accept what you got to come, don't worry about that. You get yourself right before God. Watch this. Internal turmoil will affect everything you do spiritually. Oh, y'all better pick that up. Listen to me. I'm going to say it one more time. Listen. Internal turmoil will affect everything you do spiritually. And I know somebody think, uh-uh, Pastor, time will heal everything, and I'm just going to wait this thing out. No, time don't heal nothing, I hate to tell you. Can I be honest with you? Time will actually make things worse. Listen, I'm, t- well, I'm just going to wait it out. I know we've got this conflict. No, no, guess what? You will not get better. You will get bitter. Listen, things will, things will get worse. Time does not heal. I don't know who came up with that lie. Well, time heals. No, it does not. It actually makes things worse. Listen, I'm reminded when Adam ate that fruit from the garden, guess what? God, the Bible says, came down in the cool of the day. He said, Adam, guess what? I got a, I got a word with you. I got to talk to you face to face. I need to have a word. God didn't say, you know what? I'm going to wait this thing out. I'm going to wait and see when Adam makes his way back around to the tree. Then I'm going to no, The Bible says God came down in the cool of the day. He says, Adam, where are you? Adam, I'm looking for you, Adam. Where are you? Adam, me and you got to talk. Adam, me and you got to have a word. This is because you got to face it face to face. Wherever there is conflicts, listen, God's saying you got to work it out. You make the first move. You make the first move. Let me give you the second thing real quick. We'll go through about five or six of these. Watch this. Talk to God before you talk to man. Listen, you better hear this one today. Listen, talk to God before you talk to man. Listen, do not go to anybody else until you've gone to God. Listen, really, I'm telling you, you'll regret what you do. <laughs> and it's not about you going to tell God, God, I'm going to tell them. And here's what I'm no, it's about you going and talking to God. In other words, you got to listen a little bit too, right? you got to say, all right, God, I'm, i got to deal with this conflict, and I'm going to handle it, but, but I want you to show me how to handle it. I want to speak to you first before I speak to them. Let me give you number three. F- 
find your fault in the situation. Hold on, Pastor. I didn't do nothing wrong. Find your fault. Find your fault in the situation. Listen, even if it was 100% their fault, guess what? I bet you there's something in there that you can find about you. Find your fault. Find your fault in the situation. Let's go to number four. Watch this. Zip it and listen. Zip it. This is real practical. Zip it and listen. Watch what the Bible says in James 1 and 19. My dear friends, you should be quick to listen and slow to speak or to get angry. Listen, that's the opposite of most of us. The truth is, we, we quick to, we quick to get angry. But the Bible says, watch, you should be quick to listen. The Bible says, zip it and listen. Quick to listen and slow to speak. In other words, listen to, to them. Because watch this, every time there's a conflict, every conflict, I guarantee you this, I promise you that somebody somewhere got their feelings hurt. It's a real practical message. Is that okay today? I'm trying to help. Listen, because you know why hurt people? Hurt people. Yeah, yeah. I guarantee you somewhere, some way, somebody got their feelings hurt in the conflict that is going on, and you just got to stop and listen. Because sometimes you don't say a word, just, just listen. Let me give you number five. When you do speak, watch this, speak with love. Watch this, speak with love. Speak truth, speak peace, but speak in love. Pastor, I just tell it like it is. Yeah, you a jerk. Let's go say it. No, listen, you're not a peacemaker, you're a troublemaker. I, I just tell it like, no, no, no. Speak with love. Watch Ephesians 4 and 5 says it. Speak truth in love. Well, Pastor, if I feel it, I just post it, and if you don't like my post, then just don't be a part of my page. Guess what? You are not a peacemaker. You are a Help me. You a troublemaker. You a troublemaker. Listen, you got to speak out of love. You got listen, if what you say is out of anger, not out of love, you're not a peacemaker. You're a troublemaker. Listen, if the things you are speaking divides and subtracts and does not multiply and add to, then guess what? You're not a peacemaker. You a trouble. Y'all can help me. You a Listen, you a you a trouble. You a troublemaker. Listen, if the words you speak are not words that heal instead of hurt, then guess what? You're not a peacemaker. You're a a troublemaker. If the words that you're speaking are tearing down and not building up, you're not a peacemaker. You are a troublemaker because peacemakers make peace. Listen, I've told you this time and time again. There's two things that cannot be retracted, a bullet from a gun. And the words out your mouth. (laughs) Listen, they cannot. I don't. Well, I didn't mean it. I probably shouldn't have said it that way. Guess what? You don't said it. You already said it. Watch this. The Bible says in Proverbs 12 and 18, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Watch this. Brings peace. I think it would be good to be able to say it brings peace. Ephesians 4 and 29 says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for the building up of others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who are listening. Listen, the bottom line is every life has conflict. Let's just be honest. Every life, every church, come on, every church has has conflict. Every marriage, you're not the only marriage, every marriage has conflict. Every job, listen, what happened from job to job, every job has conflict. There's no way around it because there's no two people that are alike and everybody's different. It's hard to get along with somebody that's different than you. Let's just be honest. It is, and we're not, been, we're not made to be alike. But guess what? Watch this. You get to decide. Ooh, watch this. Don't miss this. Let me see. I want you to marinate on this. You get to decide if you're going to like somebody or not. 
Listen, when you go to work tomorrow, those people you work with, you actually make the decision whether you like them or you don't like them. Now, I'm going to explain it in just a minute, but think about it. That person that you are living with, listen, you get to make the decision whether you like them. You, you get to this, God gives you that. You get to decide that. I know some of you look at me kind of weird, but I'm going to explain it to you in just a few minutes. You get to decide that. Okay, I'll use me as an example. See, you have the choice to like me or not like me. You, you really do. As your pastor, you get to, cho- you get to decide because here's what happens when you don't. Because I'll I, I give you a little example. Matter of fact, I, I had a deacon one time. Yeah, I had a deacon one time that, see, here's what happens. When, when, let me figure out how I want to say this. You get to decide whether you like me or not. And here's the deal. If you like me, then you see the good in me. If you don't like me, then guess what? Everything negative about me is highlighted to you. Yeah, yeah. And so, so you know, I mean, I had, I've had deacons before, and, and they're not here, but that's cool. But look, I had deacons before, and, man, they just man, they just jumped through, and I don't know what turned negative, and I don't know what went south. I really don't. But all of a sudden, I get this text that says, why they got to touch your pulpit into the podium, up to, up into, your podium up into the pulpit? And I'm like, what? Why? Why, why? Listen, why can't you tote your own cup of water? Can I tell you something? I ain't never asked somebody to put my pulpit up there. Listen, I have never asked, I have never asked Lynn to bring water to this pulpit. I ain't never done it. Listen, but she understands the scripture where it says, blessed is just to give a cup. You know what Jesus said? If you'll just give a cup of water in my name. Listen, I'm, I'm just telling you, and I thank God, I thank God for these people that, that listen, I didn't, did I tell y'all to put my pulpit up there this morning? They was like, oh, we got to get the pulpit. Because you know what? That's servanthood. They said, wow, I want to serve in this capacity. See, it's, it might be little to you, but it's a, lot to, it's a lot to them. But here's what I'm trying to teach us today. Because what happens is in the, you get to decide whether you like me or not. And if you like me, then those type of things don't bother you. But when you dislike me, then the little things that don't even make no sense, the, the little things that don't, and that's the same in your home with your spouse. That's the same with people that you work with. If you'll just learn to like people, I'm telling you, it'll shed a whole new light on the relationship that you, I'm trying to help y'all resolve unresolved conflict in your life. It's all about how you see somebody. And the way you see them, what is highlighted is all based on how you decide whether you're going to like somebody or not. That's good preaching, Pastor. Good. It's your choice. It's your choice. You get to decide. And that's the light you're going to see them in. Everybody understand that? That's it. Let me give you number six. And Ronald, you can come on. Watch this. Stop the blame game. Listen, can I tell you, nobody wins in the blame game. My wife hates to play Monopoly. She says it's the longest game ever created. She's like, it's just, man, we got to play like two hours to play a game of Monopoly. And she's gotten a little better at it because we found a version that's a shorter version. If y'all ain't played Monopoly with the new version, there's now a shorter version that makes it last. A little, you ain't going to play about an hour now. So. But she hates it. But can I tell you something? The blame game, it's a lot longer than that. Listen, the blame game goes on and on and on, and it never, never ends. And so watch this. Stop the blame game. Talk about what the problem is. If it's the pro- Listen, if your mother-in-law is the problem, let's talk about it. Mine's not. I got a good mother-in-law. If your mother-in-law's a problem, then let's, let's just talk about it. Listen, if money is a problem in your marriage, come on, I'm knocking at somebody's door. Listen, if money is a problem in your marriage, guess what? Let, just talk about it. Well, let me give you the last thing, because here's what you got to be sure to do. You got to be sure that you agree to disagree. Because you might not see eye to eye. I don't, I don't think you should have bought them shoes, but okay. I mean, you know, I'm figuring out how we're going to pay the light bill next month, but you got them shoes. That ain't my house. I'm just saying somebody's. Thank you for the tea. I enjoyed it. A little bit sweeter next time. 
people that come here know what I'm talking about. I know I just sat down on somebody's couch. Listen, if money is the problem, then talk about it. Stop the blame game. Talk about it and realize that you're not going to always if I come up here and I preach a message that, man, you better always agree and everybody better always get along, that message will be a lie. Sometimes you just got to say, you know what? We're going to agree to, to disagree. We're not quite seeing eye to eye on this, but we're going to agree to disagree. Listen, just because we don't agree don't mean I'm wrong and you're right. Think about it. Just because we don't agree on it don't mean that one was right and wrong. But what it does mean is that we want to live in peace. Listen, what it does mean is we want to make peace. We want to make peace and peaceful on purpose. Don't miss this. Watch this. Go ahead and stand all over the house. You got to be peaceful on purpose. Listen, you got to sow it to reap it. You got to sow it to, to reap it. And watch this. Unresolved conflict watch can cause a peacemaker to be a troublemaker just wonder how Jesus closed out a sermon that day don't really tell us you know just just wonder if you looked at the disciples he said alright guys every head bowed and every eye closed probably just looked at him and said listen I'm just trying to give you the facts of how to live the Christian life I looked down that day and said, guys, we need to go back down this mountain and stuff's going to hit you and stuff's going to be crazy. And I don't know how long he spent on each one. I don't know if it was an a eight-week series. I don't, know, I don't know how long he spent on the side of the mountain. Guys, we really don't. It's like a thousand years. A thousand, I mean, we don't know how long he could have stayed up there with them guys. But I, knew, I do know on this word today that in order to have peace, you got to make peace. you got to offer peace. you got to give peace. I just want to help somebody today that listen, life's been spinning so fast that you don't feel like you've got peace in your life and and I just believe somewhere along the way in this message, God has already spoken to your heart. So with every head bowed and every eye closed today, would you just be honest today and let God know, God I got my word that I needed today. Yeah, I, I actually needed this and God I got it. Just right, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. God sees those hands, God sees Listen, just let God know. It's not about letting me know. Let God know. God, I received my word today. And I'm going to leave here today. And I'm going to act and react. And things are going to be different. Because you showed me how to handle unresolved conflict. And just watch this. Just how dangerous unresolved conflict is. It will affect you spiritually. Hear that, folks? Please hear it today. Listen, that's why God went down into the garden and spoke face to face to Adam. He said, I can't let this wait because this is going to affect us spiritually. This is going to, this is going to cause a divide between me and Adam. And we got to go talk about this thing. We got to work this conflict out. Father, thank you for your word. God, I pray that truly it has been seed sown on good ground. And God, I pray that it's going to bring forth the harvest that you would desire. We open up the altar today. You come. Listen, you got to talk to God first. I done told you that. So if you're dealing with it in any way, listen, regardless of what you're going through, talk to God. Talk to God. Let God show you. God to give you the words. God to tell you what to say. God to tell you how to act and react. How to live. So we open up the altar today. I'll be the first here today at the altar. You come and let's talk to God.